Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, Scott Mosby. Home Improvement One Hour Cardinal Baseball coming up here just about noontime, 11.55, right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. We've got Cardinals versus the Astros today. Right now, Home Improvement. Ten phone lines just for you. Bring it on. Bring it in. Vote early. Vote often. Call now, 314-436-7900. Come on, we all know that. 314-436-7900. Part of the KMOX family. Uh, KMOX has been around since 1925. Golly, we're uh, you know a couple years short of being a century uh, in history. And indeed, history is what KMOX is uh, frankly deep in, as well as news, weather, and sports. We have it all right here. Uh, we have one of the few actually manned and um, live newsrooms that are on the air in in uh, st louis radio so it's a benefit to, to you and me and uh, we have somebody that keeps us sharp keeps us on our toes and current again 314-436-7900 uh, we've got a little bit of rain uh, you know it's uh, on and off we're going to have that pretty much in the day as we go forward and we are not finished with freezing temperatures so for those of you inclined to get out and wash things off on the weekends sometimes like i do I like to hook up my hose and spray things off, uh, get rid of some of the sand and dirt and salt from the winter. And we are opening up into the springtime here soon. So keep in mind, it is time to continue to remove our hoses from our faucets, from those spigots on the hose bibs on the outside of the house. Make sure you disconnect those. Uh, Cardinal Baseball coming up here in an hour. And right now we're going to talk about all things about your house. As we come into the warmer temperature, or right now as we have humidity, uh, certainly with the rain... All right, back together, home improvement, Scott Mosby. My apologies, a little bit of technical difficulties there and uh, the miracle of modern radio. Uh, 50,000 watts, all the electric necessary to bring it to you, and sometimes it's just a simple little wire. Uh, phone lines are open for you. We've got uh, one hour, bit of a sprint today, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Uh, let's go right to the phone lines here and see what's cooking with my buddy Matthew. Matthew, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, sir? Well, I'd like you just to uh, engage in a discussion of luxury vinyl tiles. What do you think of them? Where is there a is one better than another? Where do you like to use them? Where do you want to avoid using them? Uh, well, keep in mind, it is a tile. It has a mastic on it, and it typically glues to a substrate or underlayment of some sort of wood. So uh, vinyl is suitable for light, damp applications, still a laundry room. Uh, bathrooms are suitable. You have to be very careful uh, not to soak them because you still have wood underneath it, um, which with ceramic tile, you wind up with a cement board underneath it. It's a little less... Um, uh, risky in a wet location. So a laundry room where you might have a lot of water on the floor or even showers and things like that, stepping out in a bathroom, ceramic tile still just a good choice. Luxury vinyl uh, kind of got a bad uh, rap in the past. 
it, it uh, uh, VCT vinyl composition tile, which is the commercial stuff that's in hospitals and schools and everywhere. Uh, it it uh, vinyl tile kind of got brushed with the same old. Well, it's just tile. Well, vinyl tile, uh, and I'm going back, so my words being used 20 years ago, vinyl tile is pretty much high-quality vinyl, a lot of vinyl in it. That's different than vinyl composition tile, which is hard as a brick, uh, and it doesn't bend very much. Vinyl tile, you can bend back and forth, move it around. Uh, I mean, if you drop a knife in your kitchen and it sticks into the vinyl tile, which it will because vinyl is kind of soft and pliable, it really won't damage the tile it won't chip anything whereas with a vct you drop a knife like that it's likely to chunk out a divot as it falls off because it won't uh it's not soft it's like you know sticking a knife with a uh a chisel if you will so flash forward uh 20 years uh luxury vinyl what the difference is between vinyl of my day and luxury vinyl today is usually the thickness uh what really brought it forth was the application in commercial settings, and that's where vinyl used to be, was in airports. If you remember the dimpled floor at um, uh, Lambert Airport, uh, that is pure vinyl, but that stuff's, you know, three-sixteenths to a quarter-inch thick. It is really thick, uh, and I think they stopped using those because of the sound of rollers, of rolling back. But luxury vinyl can handle the wear and tear. It's soft on the knees, the ankles, and the feet, um, and it, it's beautiful. Uh, the technology for imprinting anything. Uh, I mean, if somebody really wanted to, they could have a sunset um, a photograph imprinted on a vinyl uh, material. That if it was big enough, it could be a... F- so the point being is technology has changed. Vinyl has always been a bomb-proof product. Uh, we use it a little bit more because when you have a ceramic tile uh, kitchen and somebody that's in their later years, you know, that's like working in the kitchen on a concrete floor. It's a little rough and tumble, you know, for knees and hips and ankles. So vinyl floor comes in there. Now we call it luxury vinyl flooring. It, that's more of a branding thing. Vinyl's been around forever. It's a great material. Back in my day, 30, 40 years ago, Armstrong brand vinyl, uh, eighth of an inch thick, had, um, it, it, you just couldn't wear the stuff out. You, you just can't wear it out. It won't go away. So anyway, I'm, I'm bullish on it in the right application. And one of the advantages, I think, in an application is it's softer on our lower extremities. Well, here's a, I mean, you mentioned that it's a glue down. Um, what about this, I'll use the term free floating, but it's, it's, it's not glued down. Um, what about that application? Well, if it's not glued down, it still floats, um, and what is underneath it will typically be a wood. So whether it's glued oh, yeah. down or not glued down, what, the, the, the vinyl, you can put that stuff underwater for a year and not hurt it. What's underneath it uh, has to be very perfect because luxury vinyl will telegraph any imperfection of that floor underneath a little less than than a vinyl composition VCT, but it still it, it needs as perfect of of a underlayment underneath it as possible. So I, I'm fine with the the click in um, uh, vinyls, no problem. The issue is you're spending a lot of money for vinyl because the click in you're making the stuff thick enough that it will have an interlocking mechanism. But I, I don't right. have any 
there's just no downsides of the stuff's great. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Before you go there, Matthew, uh, be aware: vinyl changes sizes. A vi- a floating floor, uh, whether a laminate floor, vinyl, anything, it is a drum head that lays loosely on top, and and as temperatures go up, it gets bigger. And as cold temperatures in the winter, even now, that vinyl big interlocking sheet uh, will shrink. So be aware you need bigger baseboards around the outside because that's where the slip joint is. And when you have great big rooms of vinyl of anything or floating anything, you have to really think about how you make transitions in the doorways, around the perimeter, under appliances, things like that. So you have to, although they're very easy to put in, they're also easy to mess up, so it takes more experience in laying out and the knowledge uh, of how to handle them than just simply clicking them together. You need to know what you're doing at all those transitions. Great. Thank you, sir. Okay, Matthew. Good luck, brother. Take care. Scott Bye-bye. Mosby, Home Improvement. We're off and running. Good question. Right out of the gate. Good product and uh, great application. Let's uh, take a short pause come back for more after this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, St. Louis, it's beautiful today, a little bit wetter than normal, but, uh, you know, hey, it's uh, warming up just a bit. We still have some chilly temperatures coming out here throughout the week, a little bit of wet as we approach the next week and coming. So stay tuned here on X Phone lines 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Uh, I'm going to take a few phone calls, talk a little bit about lumber futures and how all of the economic news you hear uh, affects our industry, home improvement, construction, and building materials. Uh, next up is my buddy Frank. Hey, Frank, good morning. Welcome to X. How can I help you, sir? Uh, good morning, Scott. Uh, I have a a pocket door between the washroom and the kitchen, okay. and uh, my wife painted it, and the trim's all painted. Everything's done, and I it needed a slight adjustment, which I messed everything up. And there's an adjustment at the top of the track, uh, a nut, and there's one to the rear and I've been playing with them, but when I think I've got it right, I can't fit anything up there. And I, I thought, well, it's beyond me. And I tried to call three different places and my answer was always the same. We don't work on pocket doors. Okay. So my wife says, well, when you get a chance, call Mosby because uh, they uh, recommended a good, company for us to have our driveway done and that worked out perfect so here's where i'm at okay frank you're not crazy this is more um science uh than craft um and uh, gremlins on pocket doors are uh, there there i'll bet there are 20 heads out there bobbing saying yeah I, i know what you mean uh the little wrench that ships with that pocket door system when it's installed is a little open-end wrench, tiny, and it's bent. So the shaft of the handle of that wrench, although it's only two or three inches long, um, when you go around to the actual open end of the wrench part, bends about 45 degrees, so you can kind of get it in there, and it's small enough to get to those nuts. Uh, Am I describing, uh, does this carriage? I understand perfectly. 
it, this is more of a tool and access, and it is uh, primarily um, just keep messing with it, frankly, because uh, by the time you find somebody making phone calls that will come work on your pocket door, uh, you will have way more man hours on phone time than you will uh, messing with this thing. Right. Now, so, that I, I did realize that there's got to be some kind of a special, really thin wrench. Yeah. And I tried, I even got to the point where I was trying needle nose pars to get in there. And I said, I told my wife, I, unless I tear all the trim off and everything, which yeah. you just, I don't know where to go with this. So my question would be, is that type of a wrench available somewhere? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, with builders, when we're putting that stuff in, it, it basically winds up either, you know, you put in three pocket doors, you give it to the homeowner, the homeowner doesn't know what it is, they put it in their junk drawer, and, you know, so I guarantee there's hundreds of these things floating around, none of which you can find. Um, uh, so uh, if you can, uh, it, go to a home center. And look at the pocket doors, um, in, and in, they're usually in their lumber section. And typically, in the little bag, you'll see this little wrench, and at least you'll know what you're looking for. The issue is that the wrench is only about a sixteenth of an inch thick, so you can slide it in. Now, now, does yeah. this thing have one nut or two up at the top? It's, it's got two. One Perfect. at one end and one at the other. Well, now wait a minute. Do you have do you have a lock nut there, or can you just adjust it and it stops? Um, because sometimes there's two nuts on the left and two nuts on the right. One being the adjustment, and the second one being a lock nut that keeps it in that position. There are different carriages up there on those things. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, what what I've been turning is just uh, at the front of the track where it, it meets uh, the other side of the door. About two inches, maybe three, there's a nut. And when I push the door all the way out, where it goes into uh, the wall, uh, there again is another uh, nut at that end. Those are the only two things. Typically, what your fa- do these things have little um, kind of serrated teeth to when you're turning the nut, the door kind of jumps a little, um, kind of a holding mechanism in those nuts? You anyway. know, I guess, it, to be honest with you, Scott, you know, when I'm playing with this thing, I'm looking yeah. to see which, and I, I, guess, uh, I guess I don't have the answer to that. Okay, uh, pull this door all the way out so it's almost closed uh, and leave it about a half of an inch from the jam so that you see a half an inch of daylight. Your goal is to mess with really just one of those nuts to make that uh, uh, gap even parallel from top to bottom so that when the door is closed, you see what I mean? So when the door's closed, it will properly engage and latch the holder mechanism. And when you open it back up and slide it back flush with the jam, when it's fully back inside the wall, that's another one. Sometimes the, those two parallels should be the same. So when you get one adjusted, you should have it. You really only need to mess with one of those nuts. If if you have to mess with both of them, that means you're moving the door up and down. So you may get this adjustment I'm describing just right, but it may not 
latch or engage the keeper for the privacy feature at the washroom. Oh. You following me? Okay. Yes, yes, I am following you. So you just mess with one at a time and come to where, and, and it is, uh, even with a professional, this is the process. We're just going to, you know, make it parallel uh, on both open and close. And sometimes you have to cheat. You know, sometimes it's like splitting the difference. Well, this one leans this way and this one leans the other way. So I'm just going to have to decide which one I adjust to. Uh, and then you close the door and latch it. If it doesn't latch, you have to figure out whether the door totally needs to move up or down and keep in mind when you're turning as you look up at these nuts from the bottom up uh, as you're doing this thing counterclockwise that end of the door is dropping because you're unscrewing it when you uh, turn it clockwise one two three four righty tighty lefty you know, as you're doing the righty tighty thing uh, you're actually lifting the door up because you're uh, uh, raising it on that thread shaft okay. That helps me right there because <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. When I close the door, it's meeting everything until I get about a third of the way on the bottom. And then it's not, uh, I've got a space of maybe a quarter of an inch I can see through before the bottom goes into the other side of the door, meaning when it's going all the way open. Uh, So I must have, uh, okay. Well, the bottom line is, Scott, you've told me almost everything I need to know to play with this thing. And and that is I'm going to work with with, uh, one at a time, and I'm going to work with the one in the front first, see what that does for me. And then I can, I can kind of go from there. I was trying yeah. to adjust one time. Oh man! That, yeah, yeah. That's like battling a two-headed monster. You're never sure which right. one to, you know, <laughs> go right. at. Okay. Well, listen. Thank you so much. It, you know, I I can't get away on Saturday morning without sitting here and just listening to you. It's it's just amazing and. I, I can't tell you, and uh, of course you got a million other people that feel the same way about your program. So you have a wonderful day, Scott, and thanks so much. Thanks, Frank. Go at it, brother. You, uh, I, I promise you this will take you less time to fix it than it will to find somebody that can fix it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's about time I did something around here. <laughs> well, this is perfect because you don't have to lift much. It's hard to get hurt. You, you know, now you can get kind of confused and befuddled. I've, I've been there. Everybody that's messed with these doors, I promise, has been where you were. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. All right, Frank. Take care. Bye now. You too, sir. Bye. All right. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, trying to take a little bit of the mystery out of this stuff uh, because it, it, it is uh, mysterious. I mean, a pocket door and 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 think about this. So pocket doors. Uh, any of you have been down into the Central West End, Lafayette Square? Um, the the homes built 150 years ago, and some of these are significant properties that would have been, you know, what might be referred to as a mansion. Uh, some of these homes are very large, very ornate, and they have stunningly beautiful two and a quarter inch thick pocket doors that literally are moving wall sections and uh, those of you that have a 
excuse me, you know who you are. Um, those are really magic. Those are at the, the doors weigh four, 500 pounds a piece. So it's not like one guy can get in there with one of these little wrenches. What, what Frank is dealing with is far less complicated. And it's a single door, maybe hollow, maybe solid. So that door weighs 20 pounds, you know, and one man can do that or one woman. And frankly, uh, oftentimes uh, we've got uh, male and female carpenters at Mosby Building Arts and sm- some men that are smaller than others. And, uh, you know, whoever has the smallest fingers, you win. You're, you're the one that's going to go get that. Uh, so some of our finer work is um, uh, done with smaller fingers. And sometimes that's male and sometimes that's female. Uh, but uh, And frankly, I'm not a very big guy myself. So, you know, boss or not, sometimes there are crawl spaces that, you know, I would show up on a job and, Look around at all these big burly guys, and somebody's got to go down on that crawl space, and all the eyes come to me, and it's like, hey, Scott, uh, you're the guy. Uh, you're going down there because we need this thing to be fished up from the – and off we go. So anyway, uh, everybody is made for something. A 314-436-7900, uh, Bring it on. We've got some phone lines open for you. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, lumber futures, talk about the history of that, where that's been. Maybe I bore you, but uh, I, sorry, I just can't help myself. I love systems. I love processes. And when something gets out of whack, drives me bonkers, at least until I can understand it. Kind of like helping Frank out on these pocket doors, you know. It, it's just Frank. Here's how it works. You know, I can't, I can't come do it for you. Um, and frankly, by the time I got there, I'm pretty sure with some good advice from from uh, Camo X here, you'll have it fixed before I get there. Anyway, we'll take a short pause and come back for more right here on University of KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We have uh, half an hour Cardinal baseball coming up, uh, 11.55 right here on KMOX, uh, Cards and the Astros. Uh, hey, folks, you know, we've got opening day for the Cardinals coming up, the annual Kegs and Eggs. That'll be March 30th, Kegs and Eggs. will be downtown. It's from 10 in the morning to 2. Any information you're looking for, uh, check out Odyssey dot com forward slash X and uh, look under events and you'll find it there. Your tickets are available right now through X. Uh To the uh, lumber futures, um, I checked lumber futures this morning and I check them every morning watching the financial news. Uh, we're at $362 per thousand board feet. 362 About a month and a half ago, it was 485 So we have dropped 20% in about a month and a half, 45 days-ish, you know. The, the point being is that's the pulse of the buying appetite for building materials. So things are slowing down. Federal Reserve Bank wants exactly that to happen, to kind of uh, stamp down on inflation uh, for the, for those that have uh, fixed income or retirement. Uh, you know, that every day your dollar is worth less in buying power so that's what the fed's trying to do but long and the short here is that there's not a lot of demand for buying lumber so uh, aggressive um, new construction has slowed down a little bit um, remodeling slowed down a little bit but long and the short of it is 
people keep on going. I'm, I am a little bit surprised by this uh, uh, futures because it's it's lower than I expected. So the point being that as we go forward or as you go to the hardware store or the lumber yard, uh, you're going to see better and better dropping lower lumber prices. And what that usually means, there's another byproduct of that, uh, which means that the lumber sometimes gets a little better um, because their quantity doesn't matter. If when demand is very high, you know the lumber, you know harvesters, you know they go for it and they create to enough uh, quantity to meet demand. Sometimes not all the trees are quite as solid, and the fiber stress and the lumber strength is not quite the same. Anyway, long and the short of it is, um, lumber futures are down. Uh, things are slowing down. That's what the Federal Reserve Bank wants. Uh, it's going to put some people out of work. But uh, anyway, that's kind of how our system goes. I, I, I'm just a hammer swinger carpenter guy here in the middle of the country. Let's go see my friend Elizabeth. Good morning, Elizabeth. Scott Mosby here. How can I help you this fine Saturday? Good morning. I want to paint my tub. And right now it's green. And I want it to paint white. And I have been looking into doing it myself. And I've also been looking into having professionals do it. I talked to one guy and he was saying something about spraying it with marine paint. And I felt very uncomfortable with that. And then I talked to another guy, and he was doing the regular paint with the roll-on instead of the spray. And I've looked into the box stores and looked at what they have, and I've read some stuff, and it seems like it doesn't hold as well um, over time. So I'm looking for some advice on that. What do you think? Uh, first off, um, do you use this bathtub every day? Is this a, a hard use uh, area? Yes. Yes. So this is this your primary bathtub? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to advise this to be professionally sprayed. Um, and here's why. Um, the question you're asking is, should I paint my own car or have somebody else do it for me? So a brush or a roller will apply paint. You can actually get it to stick pretty well. The problem is that perfect finish of a porcelain bathtub, green as it may be right now, um, you know, that's a near perfect finish, even when they're abraded and flat. Uh, So the point being that if you really want this thing to last as long as possible and look as good as you're accustomed to, um, it takes a lot of work. It, it, there's a lot of surface prep. There's sanding. There's abrading. There's uh, cutting out the old caulk so they can paint all the way in, or they can paint your tile if you want to do that. Uh, the long and the short of it is, is this is uh, science and craft all put together. You can, and the reason I ask if it's your main bathtub, if you if this is your guest bath and it gets used occasionally, you know, because guest baths seldom have bathers in it for whether shower or tub. Um, but if you're using this thing every day, you need commercial coatings, which is, you know, the guy called it marine paint. Um, 
their various things. You need a professional paint. You need it sprayed. Uh, the surface prep is uh, substantial, and there are people that you know uh, specialize in that. Uh, you're welcome to call our company, and we'll give you a referral on that. But uh, understand that even if you paint this uh, bathtub and you have it professionally painted, uh, the life expectancy of that new white color is three to five years if you're using this thing every day. Hmm. I was it's, thinking it's not maybe fr- 10, but 5? Well, if I mean, if you drop something on that uh, hard, the, the good news is the paint is shiny, it sticks, and it lasts uh, reasonably. The, the downside is that it's also brittle. So if you drop, say, a shampoo small bottle and it bounces off of that bathtub, you can chip that paint, um, just like you can chip that porcelain glass finish on your tub right now. So just be aware um, there are constraints. Uh, a guest bathtub, I promise, would last 10 years because you only have somebody in that bathtub maybe 10 days, 15 days a year. You know, So it's very mm-hmm. light use and it's not wet. Uh, for a daily bather, whether it's a shower or a tub, that space is getting humid and staying humid for you know an hour to two until things dry out. That's what gets to the paint. Ah, uh, I see. So, you so yes, you can, and you still have to decide whether of, you... What's that? Spraying instead of paint, rolling. Yes, yes. And if you, if I mean, take a roller uh, and, and roll it on a piece of plywood, and you'll see the finish that comes up, because a stippled roller finish on a, on a wall somewhat hides the imperfections of the drywall of the plaster. Uh, so until yeah. you get down to a real smooth roller, I mean, and a pro can roll it and brush it, it's still never going to be as pretty as um, as a sprayed finish. You know, cars are um, painted under perfect conditions, and these bathtubs are spray. And and it and it's it's a spray booth. I mean, there will be spray and tarps, and you know, you need to have drop cloths all the way to the door, you know, front door or the back door, wherever they come in and out of. It's a, it's a big deal. When done correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds rather expensive. What is the price range on something like that? Uh, tubs you can usually get, uh, if it's the only thing they're coming for and you're just doing a tub, it can be five or $600, um, depending upon the coating and the finish. If you're going to do that, plus the the tile on the wall, which if you have green tub and green tile, you know, then you go ahead and you repair the tile. And then you come in, you might be, you know, $1,500, you know, to the area. The issue is that it takes a lot of prep and setup to, to uh, reality is once they're set up and ready to go, uh, doing more tile doesn't cost as much as the first tub. So the first tub might be $600. Your second one might be $100 because they're already there in trip shards and set up cleanup and all that. Um, but you can spend as much as a thousand tub in some of the various coating. They're going to recaulk it. I mean, it's or, or pull out the trims around the base, you know, where the drain is. So you, you get what you pay for. No certain, no, no question about it. And don't pull any punches if this is your main tub and it's that beautiful green. Uh, it, it it'll be a gratifying uh, white tub that you get. One more question about the the coating. Mm-hmm. What should, what would be the best, and what kinds should they use? So when I'm talking to these people, I can talk about the different types of paint 
because when he said marine paint, that kind of raised my hackles a little bit. Well, marine paint, what he's saying, and whether it's marine or not, it is a special performance coating, and that is the right answer. Um, so oftentimes these things get uh, uh, primered with a uh, epoxy. Uh, they get coated with uh, aliphatic urethane. I mean, the chemistry on all these paints uh, is beyond me, uh, but I do know that it is typically nothing that I typically walk in and buy at a paint store. It's just not... You know, it, it, it's uh, they use them in industrial settings. Uh, you know, the nuclear power plant has the same kind of coatings that are in that. You know, they're typical on warehouse floors. That's my experience with them. So, uh, are they, uh, but what I was worried about was the VOCs and were they harmful? Oh yeah, yeah, they are. That's the issue. They are even the even the moisture cured urethanes um, uh, really are they are far more volatile and that's that's where the performance comes from so anything that won't hurt you pretty much isn't suitable for your bathtub <laughs> which is why it's a, you know better professionally applied something you know it's you know uh, sometimes they have to turn I mean, off the pilot lights I mean after it dries is it harmful yeah. No, after it dries, tub, it's fine. Right. It's after it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Because I was yeah, a little fine. worried that it would be harmful. Because I'm thinking marine paint, something on the bottom of a boat. Uh, yeah, it's performance based coating, which is typically the types of stuff that goes on the bottom of a boat. So yeah, I, I, uh, I just strongly advise you pick a pro to do this and and uh, ask these same questions to them. They should be able to explain them pretty well. Yeah, that's what we were talking about when I was talking to him about the the marine paint, and he didn't yeah. answer it very well. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, all right. But uh, give us a call uh, at uh, at our office, and we'll refer you out to people that uh, do it. We typically keep a list of folks that we will refer out, and that's 314-909-1800. 909-1800. Okay. Well, thank you so much, guys. Okay, Elizabeth, and, and you will like that white tub. Just keep in mind, you will do this again in three to five years. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll go stand in the closet by myself now. I'm time out. <laughs> All right, take care, Elizabeth. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Let's see what's happening with my buddy Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis, can you do this in a minute? Uh, Scott Mosby here. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Um, I have just a, I have a small bathroom and a standard tub, and I really uh-huh. miss my jetted tub that I had at a different address, and yeah. that tub was also a standard. So, I mean, would it be, there's no place to put the motor where at my old place there was a space, the yeah. toilet was on the other side of the tub, and they had a uh-huh. little cubby down there that they could put the motor. Could, could they put in a tub like that here where it goes wall to wall and, like, have your motor in the basement uh, underneath or... Yeah, and your your toilet is right next to my tub. Well, your current tub can be retrofitted uh, for uh, jets. Uh, people drill holes in those and put it in. They surely can put the stuff underneath in the basement. So, uh, or you can get a walk-in tub as well. Both are on the choice. Uh, anyway, I'm going to have to get going here. We're running out of time. Cards, baseball coming up next, and the Astros right here on KMOX. 